Crone's getting a split. Mizzy in front of the 100. Crone goes up the inside and Crone takes the lead on the Kilmore. Crone draws clear now from Mizzy. It's a Queensland victory. Crone beats Mizzy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Mock Sports Presents Quaddy Potty. My name is Nick Highland. Today, different intro, and I'm back with other fellow founder of the Mock Sports, Mitchell Cashmore. How are you, mate? I'm good, mate. The reason you are running the show today is I'm uh, coming to you live, punters, from a budget motel in the uh, the middle of country Queensland in Boona, of all places. So we're not face-to-face today, so it could be a little bit interesting. And if you hear any uh, voice being crackly, is blame the Buna Wi-Fi. It's a bit rough out here, but I'm going all wing today and I'm pumped up and I'm pumped to talk the races with you, mate. Yeah, 100%, mate. Let's um, let's just review quickly on last week. It says here in our, in our notes that we had a big day out, but actually you had a big day out. I had an absolute stinker of a day, mate. Uh, yeah, to be honest, it was um, good to see from myself, from you, uh, you had a nudie run. It was on the other foot the week before I'd had one and I was coming off nothing and I really needed to bounce back and I did in a big way hit wealth of knowledge in the first and the midway and I went yeah okay I'm on here I'm on I'm feeling good Sir Lucan almost got the chockies in the second but I just kept going confident and then the tips just kept getting up and I actually got three group one winners on the day which was I'm um, pretty pleased with and everything was going well until the uh, the golden slipper which I'm sure we'll touch on and but, uh, yeah, great day out at Golden Sipper as it always is. 100%, mate. I uh, just want to quickly bring up, obviously, the most talented horse in Australia currently. Um, Animo, what a star, hey? What are your thoughts? Mate, it's, it's why I love racing. It's why we love racing. Like, I was sad that you weren't there to experience it with me. The roar of the crowd as they rounded the bend and came down the straight and he started to make his run. It was just so electric. Like, you know, Rose Hill, it's not as big as Randwick, obviously. Like, it's not going to be as big as the Raw for the Everest that we've both experienced twice now. But that small Rose Hill crowd, packed to the brim, screaming, hoping the $1.80 Animo lobs and gets the win, not only for their betting tickets, but just from a, you know, racing point of view. And when he made his run and he got over Converge and got to the line in first place, everyone was on their feet, clapping. As he came back around, J-Mac salutes the crowd. It was just awesome. You just like to see the good horses run well. And that's exactly what Animo did. The pure professional, no matter what distance he's at, he just gets the job done. 100%. Just want to get into that run. It's probably the most difficult start Animo's had, definitely this prep. Um but J-Mac was just all class, just, yeah, had its challenges early and just still prevailed and came up on top, which was such a good thing to see. What, what were your thoughts on the on the actual run? Oh, 100%. Like, everyone was saying, oh, he's vulnerable for the first time in this prep. He's vulnerable for the first time in a while. And he was. You know, look at the barrier and the way the track was going to play on the day. Everyone was saying you need to be on the inside. You need to be in that first, you know, four horses going around the bend to be able to win. And Animo just didn't listen to it. From the widest barrier was three wide, basically without cover for most of that final 700-metre stretch. But as soon as, you know, J-Mac popped him out and started to go around that bend, it was over. 1,500-metre barrier trial in the end. He absolutely jogged to the line, didn't really have to use too much energy in the end. And like I said, pure, pure professional. You don't get many horses like this. He's now won nine group ones. 
Um, he can make it 10 with um, the Queen Elizabeth if he wins that, make it 11 when he goes over to England and competes there. And then who knows from there, if he retires or if he comes back around for another Cox Plate. And if he does that and he continues this massive winning streak, he could realistically finish his career with upwards of 12, 13 Group 1s maybe. So he's just one of those once-in-a-generation horses. 100%. Um, let's move into the slipper quickly. Um, Shinzo, what an upset there. Ryan Moore proves again the international jockey is just much better than everyone else that's not named J-Mac at the moment. Oh, 100%. Like, you know, we saw it a couple of weeks ago. Zach Purton comes down, rides the uh, the Group 1 double, and so does Ryan Moore. He comes here, I think, those were his only two rides on the day. Rode him to perfection. Dubai Honor, one of the tips that I was on, everyone said couldn't get it done on a dry track. Ryan Moore gets on him, wins by about five lengths. Then goes to the slipper, Shinzo, $17 chance. Everyone says, no way, the times don't stack up. I said it last week in the preview. He was not the Coolmore horse to follow. What does he do? Gets him over the line, and Shinzo now worth plenty of plenty of money and is going to a spell now, potentially going to come back in the spring. If not, he's already headed to the breeding barn. So Ryan Moore, freak, Shinzo, perfect run, grabbed the rails, went all the way, was able to beat J-Mac home. 100%. And that just adds again to the stats that you were providing last week. That first barrier has provided the most wins, I think, if I can remember correctly, is what you said. Yep. What most you said. successful barrier. Quickest way home. 100%. And, yeah, just proves again why those stats can be so important in a two-year-old race. Um, Shout-out to Greg Hume. Grand final, we didn't get up in in that one, boys, but um, he did tip Shinzo in the slipper, so at least he got something on the day. So Huge get. Huge get. So we'll move on, learning to fly. Um, yeah. yeah. Very disappointing. Obviously, threw off the jockey and has come up really lame, so it'll take a long time out of um out of racing if it will even come back. So, yeah, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, that's the word on the street that it's uh, pulled up it's extremely lame and um, won't be racing again this prep unless there's a massive turnaround overnight and if it comes back at all, which is shattering. You know, I was all over it. A lot of punters were all over it. Like I said earlier, it was a big day for us and me personally until that slipper happened. The air sort of got sucked out. Then nothing really went right for the rest of the day. You know, Remark missed a kick and that was his day done. My tip in the last. Also, probably should have won. Great run, but didn't get the chockies in the end. And this was where the day started to go down. And the whole crowd, that's why I don't think the roar was as big as it probably could have been because the horse that a lot of the crowd was on starts to get really fractious in the barriers, uh, you know, misses the jump, clips heels with another horse, glides with another horse and takes that horse out of the race, then bumps into the rail and throws the jockey off. And yeah, like the whole crowd was like, oh, gee, what's going on here? Our horse is no longer a winning factor and is Tad Schofield all right? So shouted for Nisham, shouted for Schofield. Both of them really pumped up. Spoke to Chad a couple of weeks ago at the races. He said that he was pretty pumped up to be on the slipper, one of the top chances. And word on the street is he was not happy. He was absolutely filthy walking back into the jockey room. No injuries, thank God, just a little shaken, but just filthy that, Everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong. Yeah, 100%. Um, another huge fall, and it's it's been heaps lately. It's more than I've seen. 
in the last two or three years, in the last probably two, three-month period here. Do you reckon the industry needs to change or do you think that it's just the way that racing is and we should just be okay with it? I don't know. I think there does need to be somewhat of a change because it's quite damning. In the last three or so weeks, we've had three major falls um, and I think five or six jockeys go down in the process. So, of course, uh, Schofield was at... um. Uh, in Sydney, which thank God that he was not hurt. But then in Melbourne, Teo Nugent, oh my God, thoughts with him and his family, that could have been so much worse. Luckily, he's uh, awake, he's feeling good. I believe he's fractured one of his vertebrae, but it's not, you know, critical. He should be able to get up and walk again eventually. But that was really bad, man. Oh, when I was watching that on TV, phone off, went, looked like he went down head first, completely knocked out as soon as he hit the ground. It's just scary. And then the week before, of course, the Jamie Carr, Craig Williams, the week before that, you know, I should be able to remember the name, but because there's been so many falls since, I, I can't remember the name of the jockeys that went down in the um, uh, Australian Guineas as well. So, I don't know, we discussed it last week and you said that we don't race too tight in Australia. That's just the name of the game. But I think something needs to change in the industry regarding safety. Ben Mellon's come out and said that there's too much fatigue and that's the reason that jockeys are starting to fall uh, because they're racing five, six times a week. Maybe we have to take away Monday racing, you know, leave that just for the trials. Maybe we only have, you know, Wednesday through Sunday racing, Monday, Tuesday off. Uh, I also think a big factor is the rise in prize money because, you know, jockeys are self-employed. They need to win to make money, of course, apart from their set jockey fees they get for every ride. Do you think, Nick, that it's potentially because there's so much prize money offer and they're so hungry to win, they're starting to take more risks now, which is leading to falls? What are your thoughts there? 100%. That's what I was um, thinking when we were talking about this this um, conversation. When you say to take away a day of racing, that's a day of income for those jockeys that most of the time, if they don't want to race for the day, they, I'm sure they can say, I'm going to have the weekend off this weekend, but they do yeah. have to provide their families and stuff like that so i do think it has a lot to do with that themselves and what they want to put themselves through and um so i'm not necessarily thinking it's the it's the industry that needs to change it could possibly possibly be the fact that the jockeys are just looking for too much and taking the bigger risks for the bigger money so um it's a bit of a hard topic to talk about i guess but i think that um it's kind of in their own control a little bit. Oh, 100%. And that's why you said it's exactly right. It's a hard topic to talk about because who does the blame go on? Does the blame go on the industry? Does the blame go on the jockeys? You can make cases for both sides. Um, I really like Jared Waitley, what he said. I believe it was Jared Waitley on SEN uh, on Monday said, look, something needs to be done, whether it's on the jockey's part or whether it's on the industry's part. Everyone needs to sit in a room and we're not leaving until the questions get answered and we figure out how the hell we can stop these major falls happening. Because like I said, in, like you said, we can't remember a time within a space of a month, we've seen so many major falls during major races and so many major jockeys on the sideline now. So something needs to be done, but I guess we're not the people to determine that, mate. We're just punters, so we need to let the powers that be figure it out. But I do think a change needs to be made somewhere along the pecking order. 100%, mate. Let's get into the listener questions here. we got... Ecstatic emu time. Um, what's your biggest win on the punt, mate? My biggest win on the punt would probably be Melbourne Cup Day 2021. 
Um, of course, on the day, my tip was Spanish Mission, and I had quite a bit of money uh, for the each way. And of course, it was paying like three dollars for a place, so I profited there in the fact that it um, couldn't get the win in the end. Uh, but also had a little bit of money on Very Elegant at like eighteen dollars without a loyalty, because long-time listeners of the podcast will know that I love that horse. Uh, managed to also snag the trifecta, which was a big payout there, as the Melbourne Cup trifecta always is. And also managed to hit the quaddy on the day with uh, me and my old man. We were in a TAB. We decided to put a uh, pretty skinny quaddy on. I think we only picked three horses in each race, and it ended up getting up. So I think I uh, netted quite the nice payout there. That's probably my biggest win on the punt. What about you, mate? Yeah, very nice. Uh, if you're talking horses, it's probably going to be every day 2021, I think. Oh, yeah. Yes, uh, yes, of course. With Nature Ship's win. Um, I had quite a bit of money that day on Arkadow and then a bit of money on um, Nature Strip. And, and uh, incentivising the Caulfield Cup as well, same day. So that, that was three big horses that were paying pretty short odds, but I loaded up on them and um, walked away pretty pretty happy at the end of the day. So it was pretty good for me. Um, that would be a horses, but um, if you're talking AFL of snacks and multis here or there, $800 multis are pretty nice. So. Uh, that's the biggest win on the punts, probably an 800 AFL multi. But um, if you're talking horses, then it'd be a 2021 Everest day. Lovely stuff. We move into the next one from Lockie Howard. Did Opal Ridge's performance go unnoticed on Saturday? Missed the kick and still smashed them. Yeah, it was a great run. I thought it was awesome. I was hitting myself that I didn't get on it when I knew... It got it got dropped for a reason on the Flemington the week before or two weeks prior, um, and yeah, it, it just looked a different horse and it and it is such a good horse and I was I was kicking myself that I didn't that I didn't back it because um it had pretty juicy odds as well. What do you think, mate? Oh yeah, fantastic run. It definitely went unnoticed by me on the day because my two horses got pulled up in the end and didn't really uh, run all the way to the line, um, so I was focusing more on them. But yeah. All honest to Oprah Ridge, big odds, absolutely smash them. Really top horse, and to be doing it in the C grades like it has been, I think it's definitely top seed for the Kosciuszko come spring, if indeed it is still eligible. If it keeps performing like this in these level of uh, races, it probably will get its eligibility taken away, as uh, you know the case was with Shelby 66 last autumn. You know, everyone was saying country championships um, into Cosy, but the fact that it was a Group 1 winner couldn't uh, go there. But if, yeah... If Over Ridge is there, come spring for the Kosciuszko, I think he'll be hard to beat. 100%. Um, another one from Lockie Howard. How much do we read into Dubai Honor? Can he beat Animo? Jeez, uh, tough question. I think Dubai Honor, uh, great horse. Like I made the comparison last week, um, you know, as soon as Animo was scratched, I thought it was Dubai Honor's race to lose, no matter what the odds. You know, because the billing was it was similar to Very Elegant and Adib. Um, and, but, you know, Adib didn't have his Very Elegant to beat here. So Dubai Honor wasn't chasing Animo around. He could just focus on his own race and he got the chockies done. So now we go to the Queen Elizabeth, which was the last four or so years has been propped up by the Adib Very Elegant class. Now it's Dubai Honor versus Animo. They both share the top of the market, $2.30. I think Dubai Honor honestly starts favourite on the day because he ran... Uh, a better rating on the day as well. And the punters now know that he is a serious, serious horse. He can get it done in the wet. He can get it done in the dry. Whereas Animo, 
maybe has a couple of question marks surrounding like a really wet track as we saw last year. So if the rain starts to come out, we could see a drenched track potentially and maybe Dubaiana just trots in because of that wet form over in England. But it's a tough one. I think a lot of things have to go into it. We'll touch on it in two weeks' time when the race comes. But I think Dubai Honor is genuinely a chance to upset the Animo train. What about you? Yeah, I think it's definitely the force to be reckoned with with Animo. Um, but I think we'll touch a bit more into it as we get closer and we can run through in the in the Queen Elizabeth in the next two weeks. Um, just before we get into the track update, mate, um, we've got to shout out our good friends over at Dabble. Yes, sir. Dabble, uh, absolutely changing the game of gambling in Australia at the moment. It's becoming really, really social. It's almost like a social media with punting on the side. You know, hop on the app. You can see all our bets and just with a single click of the copy bet button. Uh, all of the bets go straight into your, uh, your slip and you can put as much as you want on it. So all of the multis, uh, I hit just over half my uh, footy multis last week. So definitely get on that. Nick's going to be having plenty of footy bets as well this coming uh, season with his uh, structured plays with his units and stuff. I'm having a bit more fun with it and just whacking on some random multis as well as ones that I'm super confident in, and they've been getting up. So we smashed footy last year. We're smashing racing at the moment, so no better time than to get on Dabble and follow us now, eh? 100%. Join the 17,000 other punters following us on the app, and, yeah, click the link in our show notes or use the code the Mock Sports to let them know we sent you. Actually, um, it's now just the code MOCKSPORTS. No, the MOCKSPORTS. So use the code MOCKSPORTS when signing up to let them know we sent you, Nick. No worries. We'll get into the track rundown. I might do it today just because I'll probably sound a little bit better because I'm not in rural Queensland, mate. So Yeah, fair enough. Group 1 double card has been organised for Rose Hill this weekend and for the first time in a while we have a genuine wet track for this forecast, if it is correct. Meant to rain in Sydney all week with the five-metre rail. I could even be playing the field where the leaders would usually dominate. So, yeah, that looks pretty nice. So do you want to get into the first one, mate? I'll just check with you, though. Has it been raining in Sydney, as I do not know? Uh, it was, it's, it's been overcast. Yesterday was um, a little bit of rain here, and the, here or there in the afternoon. But other than that, it's been pretty clear. Um, but, yeah. That's fair enough. It's soft five at the moment, punters, as we go through our tips. But like I said, it's forecast to rain all week. If that does happen, I do think we'll be starting on our soft seven, maybe heavy eight. Sorry, I don't think heavy nine, heavy tens on the cards, but who knows? We'll just have to watch as it goes on. But I've done my form for our wet horses, just to let you know. So race one, 1,300 metres. Uh, the midway here, um, midway open as always, managed to snag it last week. Uh, hopefully I can snag it again. Nothing really sticks out to me. So I'm going to go with Byron. How's the form behind your horse, Nick? Cheerful legend. Only finished a couple lengths off it uh, a couple of starts ago. Uh, can definitely handle the wet and will get all the chance in the world being right at the front, like you said. Uh, leaders would usually dominate with the rail out, but that rain could even them up a little bit. But at uh, $10 to win, $3 each way, I think Byron's a decent chance here to kick off the day with a win for me. Very nice, mate. Um... I'm going with Lancaster, Lancaster Bomber here. Great win for uh, last start by one and a half lengths, beating the favourite here. So, yeah, $6.50 and $2.40 is pretty nice for me. So I'll take that in the first. Move into race two at the 1,400 metres. Uh, tough race, this one. Pretty open for me. 
Your favourite is the years at $4.60. Second place last start behind Autumn Ballot by two lengths in Canberra. Um, but yeah, it's a pretty tough one for me. I'm going to keep it pretty simple. I'm going, sorry, I'm going with Amur. $5.50 for the win, $2.10. Nash Willow on board, third place last start down in Flemington. 3.3 lengths off the winner. So yeah, definitely coming down in class here and I think it'll be a good chance in race number two. Yeah, fair enough, mate. Like you said, this one's super open because most of these two-year-olds step up past the 1,200 metre mark for the first time. I think Amur is one of the only ones that has run the 1,400 metres as it was in the uh, VRC size stakes last start. Uh, so I think it'll be really interesting to see how they fare. Uh, I'm going to be with the man used to train Brave Mead. Broke the maid in an impressive fashion by sitting wide with cover and absolutely blitzing them down the straight last start. Really struggled to the line while doing it, I think. So the timing didn't really stack up well. But I think the rise to 1,400 metres will suit enough for him to make it to on the trot. $4.80 to win for Brave Mead. Just needs to be able to get to that distance, which is a big unknown for a lot of these horses. But if he gets there, I think he'll be right in the finish. Very nice, mate. Let's go into race number three. Uh, race number three, you've got the 2,000-metre mark here for the Tullock Stakes. Um, gee, interesting one here. Uh, you've got a few... Uh, of the uh, the usual suspects as well as a couple returning to city grade races. Uh, you got awesome John sniffing around who was really really good behind uh, Zoo Gotcha. Was never winning of course because Zoo Gotcha was an absolute moral in that race last start but he was really strong late so the rising distance should help here and could potentially absolutely blitz them with that um, form behind Zoo Gotcha. But I think Major Beale uh, jumps clean here, gets his way to the front, and it'll be very hard to hold out come the final stages. Was strong without winning last start behind Almania when he loomed a win, but just tailed off. Untested at 2,000 metres, but as a son of a Cox Plate winner, he should be able to get to that distance. So as long as he can run it, I think he'll be in the finish. And at $5, if he can get to each way, I'll be all over Major Beal here, especially since he's dropping back to his uh, own age group. So at Major Beal, at $5 to win, $1.90. If he gets to $2 each way, they're punters, but Major Beal for me in the third. Right, I'm going to go with awesome John here. He gave a bit of a rap to it. Um, yeah, behind Zoo Gotcha looked really, really good, and that extra distance should help it. So that'll be my tip for the third. Lovely. Then the fourth here, uh, I think the, the favourite's going to be tough to beat, but I'm going, going a bit a bit of a good price here. I'm going no compromise for $14 and $3.80. Um, got a good soft track record, like we said. Hopefully we'll get down to the soft six, soft seven, if it gets some rain in the track. Um, yeah, so 20 starts, and it's had... 13 in the top three, so it's looking pretty nice for no compromise if the track gets a little bit of a little bit of footing in it. So it should be nice at 14 and 380. That'll be my tip for the fourth. 100%. I can agree with you there, mate. No compromise. The only reason I'm not on it is because he was lame last start. And like I've said a couple times on the podcast, when it pulls up lame, I'm very wary getting on the uh, next start. So I'm going wider than, um, like you said, the favourite will be hard to beat, but I'm joining you here. It's, it's a race for the International Raiders, just about every horse begin their um, career overseas. And three of them make their Aussie day at Boo here. I'd hate to see my old mate Cadre Dunois get up with those odds at 30s. I'd just, geez, if he gets up without me on there, I'll be really, really mad. I think he's a genuine chance, and I'll be ex- expecting, sorry, respecting an each-way bet there with the low weight. But I think the form of gear up just jumps off the page to me. Has won a Group 1 on a wet track in Europe. So that reads really, really well. Has beaten Cleveland before, who I will uh, be giving a big rap to in the Tancred later. Um, and also won really well behind Dubai Honor, who, of course, smashed him last week. We discussed it earlier. So how is he $10? 
for me. I think each way bet all day here in the Selwood Stakes on the uh, the Nisham International. Um, Ten dollars to win, two dollars seventy to place. Tom Markwind, I think he'll get his first win back on the saddle here with Gear Up. Very nice, very nice. Getting to race number five. Uh, race number five, a lot of horses like the lead in this one, so they should try and battle through the uh, wet deck and try and get up there and get home the quickest. But I feel the one who will be doing so will be Bacchanalia. Uh, she should sit just off them and uh, fly late. Rachel King has done well on it in the past, absolutely loves the wet deck and this distance. Flies second up, drops the, drops three kilos off her last start effort, which was a win, mind you. $9 to win, $3 to place each way on Bacchanalia for me in the fifth. Very nice, mate. I'm going to go with uh, Dill Gibbons here in Never Talk, $21 and $5 for a place. Looked all right first start, um, falling four lengths behind much, much better. Um, it's a good horse. I'm pretty sure you tipped it on the day, um, if I'm if I'm not wrong. But, yeah, looks pretty nice for me. Second up coming up, has a pretty good second up record. Uh, five starts, two wins, and then two more in the, in the placing. So four out of five in the top three there is pretty good. Um, and then the soft track rating as well is pretty good. So you got seven out of ten in the placings from the soft, and then yeah, two wins from there as well. So never talk with me for Dill Gibbons will be my tip as we get into race number six at the fifteen hundred meters. The Canadian Club race number six race. Uh, it's it's a pretty tough one for me. It's pretty open, big field. Um, your favorites at five dollars is never a good sign. But I'm going to go with a, a horse that I've followed. Pretty closely over the last couple of years, and it's been in a very good, in very good um races, and it's dropped back down, and it's it's coming to a decent price here that I'm really liking. And it's going to be a tissue, eleven dollars and three dollars forty for a place. First up here, like I said, um decent first up record, three from four, one win in those three, and it looks pretty good. The soft track record is just as good, so yeah, it'll be my tip, eleven dollars and three dollars forty a tissue. Fair enough, mate. Um, statement, huge watch here, being the international raider. But I think Roots will be too fit and too fast for it now. Finally gets herself a wet deck, which she absolutely loves. Should fly late. Get over the line. $7.50 to win. $2.60 each way on Roots. Give it to me. Very nice, mate. We skip race seven and race number eight for the tip-off. So we'll go straight into race number nine, mate. Yes, 1,500-meter mark. The Doncaster Mile Prelude. Winner here gets into the Doncaster. And a lot of these horses will be here with massive intent to win. win to be able to get into that field. Um, Crosstalk, the only horse that usually likes to go forward here, so should get a soft lead. Quite honestly, could bolt in if they let him and they get um, a little switched off behind him because Crosstalk adores this distance and the track conditions. will give himself every chance with that rail all the way out like we discussed, but I'm going to have to be back on the Waterford train here. Um, the 18th barrier really does scare me, but with scratchings, I think he comes into at least 14 maybe even 13, 12, depending on how many scratchings happen. And as uh, as long as he doesn't miss the kick like he did last start, he can grab cover in the midfield, storm over them, robbed of the win last start, hopefully gets better luck here. $7.50 to win, $2.80 to place each way on Waterford. And I will say, though, Wellwall, I know I've been banging a pretty uh, mute drum here with Wellwall, hasn't really won up to scratch, but I think he's a massive watch here with the wet ground for the first time in Australia. It's where he's done his best work in Europe and was pretty good last start. Um, but he's only had dry in Australia. Now that he gets wet, I'd love to see how he goes, but Waterford is my tip for this race. Fingers crossed he gets the win. Very, very nice, mate. Um, 
I'm going to be with you here as well, Waterford. I thought that run last start after missing the jump, almost getting up is um, too good form to go off. So, yeah, Waterford will be my tip for the ninth. As I get into the last, we've got a pretty open field with some top weights here, and um, you can find some good markets in here, that's for sure. I think there's some really good horses, and um, anyone's tip can get up here, and I think it's going to be real tough. Your favourite's Tamil Lame at $4. got Mao Tai at five fifty. Um, you got Wicklow at 13, Catalan, Solar Apex, who's a horse we followed, Ida, your horse that you like to follow, Fine Point, but yeah, it's it's real tip, it's real tough. But I'm gonna I'm gonna have to be with uh, Maotai here. I've backed it a couple last starts and it won for me last start. I think it'll be just about here again. The weight's probably the most concerning thing, but everyone's carrying a lot of weight in this race, so I think it's a pretty fair field. Um, but yeah, I think Maotai should be able to get up here with Ryan Maloney. Um, yet again, so yeah, that'll be my tip for the last in the benchmark 88. Yeah, lovely. I'll be straight to the point. You said I'd like to follow Ida, and I'm with her again here. Um, one for us the big odds on the potty before and a similar sort of setup. Nice horse. We'll try her hard out. She seems to always be there about. So at $15 to win and $4 to place, I'll uh, definitely have a fiver each way on Ida to finish off the day. Very, very nice, mate. Let's get... Into the tip-off, we don't have the sting with us this time. Um, yeah. We'll get Friday night in the Mooney Valley, mate. Who you got and why in the William Reed, the 1,200 metres? Uh, the William Reed stakes, uh, I might have to play the other straight bat here as I've finally taken the lead in the tip-off and I want to stay there. Uh, hell of a field lined up for the race that I believe September run won last year on Buddy 1000 night. It took a lot of the distraction away from the race, but you managed to tip this last year. Let's see if you can go two for two. Uh, you've got Mark Crusader, King of Sparta, a case of you in the Congo, front page, Dixor, Bella Nipatina, Rock and Horse, September Run, looks to go back to back, New Zealand Raider, Imperatriz, Chain of Lightning, Babylon Berlin, and Benedetta, all really talented horses. Uh, probably, you know, this field, as it typically has been in the last couple of years, is basically made up of horses that are on the cusp of an Everest, I think. You know, if you're winning this, you're looking good for maybe getting one of those last Everest slots available come the spring, as is the case with a lot of these Mooney Valley sprints. So I'm going to have to play the straight back, like I said. Imperatriz, $3.40, absolutely robbed last start by Artorius, who was a peach of a ride. Um, Opie Bosson comes on here. Uh, I'm not too familiar with him, but they tell me he's the J-Mac of New Zealand. So I think she's got a brilliant record, and if she gets a clean jump, she couldn't be losing, I think, Imperatriz for me. It's a tough one. I've really battled it up. Um, you've got Ben Detta, who I think will be pretty good up there. Um, Bella Nipotina, who won the Manicato Stakes as well on um, Cox Plate Day. But I'm going to go with In the Congo here with Timmy Clark. Um, there's a lot of leader bias in, in Mooney Valley, and $7.50 and $2.40 for a place for In the Congo. First up for me should be pretty nice. Um, soft five over at Mooney Valley at the moment. I'm not too sure how it's looking to get into the good or the soft tracks, but you can cover this horse on both. So pretty happy with this one in the Congo first barrier. Let's get it done. Timmy Clark can get it done. So, yeah, that'll be my tip for the William Reed. Very nice, mate. The Australian Cup now, Flemington, race seven, I believe, on the card there as well on the Saturday. Gee, real open race this one. I have tossed and turned for my tip this many times, and I'm still not settled because I want to hear your thoughts first before I make my final call. But Cascadian's your favourite after a blitzing run last week in the All-Star Mile. Regal Power, Mwanga tries to bounce back off of his run. Um, Nonconformist comes from the Prelude, absolutely in 
fantastic form. A mystery, the Melbourne Cup place get up, Smoke and Romans, the Caulfield, um, not the Caulfield Cup winner, but, um, you know, Smoke and Romans, good horse. New Marion, Maracino, right you are, tries to look to uh, continue the picket fence. He's a shocker, pounding, Luna Flair, El Patrones, Dynam, Bank Meyer, Virtuous Circle, Yafet, Campo Yanosa, and Bear Story. Big, big field, very open race. What are your thoughts on why? Top one, I think Cascadian's obviously the one to beat. Um, second place last start behind Mr. Brightside in um in the big race last week. Mawanga is just a loser horse. I think I watched a video somewhere where someone said this horse just always seems to be the tip but can never get it get it done, which is 100% right in my opinion. I think it's always there and thereabouts, but it's, n- it's not really there. Like it finished five lengths off Dubai Honor in the end. So although it was a dominating win by Dubai Honor, it's just not where I want to be for this one. Um, non-conformist is someone I can definitely entertain. A mystery is someone I would have entertained with a better barrier call. It's going to be a tough one for me. I even like the international horse coming over from New Zealand, um, Campion Nessa. Uh, I think that's how you say it. But um, I'm going to be with right you are here. Four wins on the trot, winning pretty nicely. Beat Founder Clear last time. Ben Allen on board, $7.50 and $2.60 for a place. I think right you are would be tough to beat in this one. Oh, You've done it. You've you've gone right. You are okay. Now that you've covered that, I'm pretty happy to cover Cascadian. Um, because right, you are. I think gee, just keeps jumping up in the grades. Keeps proving them all wrong. Uh, you get him at really good odds each start. Um, and seven dollars fifty. This could be. You could be laughing, Nick, at ten points here if he gets up again. Uh, has proven at the distance, the track, and all the conditions that he can get the job done. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing how he goes. But I'll cover Cascadian. Um, loves the week back up. This horse has always done well with it. Um, really good out to the 2,000 metres as well. Has only um, has gone one win, one second, and zero thirds for three starts. Um, can do it on the soft conditions and the heavy conditions and the good conditions. Um, just super last week. Almost completely stole the All-Star Mile at $21. Uh, I think... You'd be really hard to beat him here. The 11th barrier should jump, uh, get some cover, wait for that uh, long straight and absolutely let it down. Has never won here, but I think he can break his uh, Flemington hoodoo here. So Cascadian for me in the Australian Cup. Very, very nice. We head over to the Vinery Stud Stakes. Uh, pretty good field this. You've got Prowess, your favourite. Fireburn, your last year's Golden Slipper winner, um, who hasn't really fired since. Uh, Pavitra, um, another good horse there. It's one last start. You got Polygon, Soul Choice, Pierre Rossa, Cold D, so dazzling Byron Bell, Infinitive, Frankie's called me. Sorry, Frankie's me dad. Whiskey Wisdom and Stormy Witness. So it's looking pretty good field here. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it off the bat here. I'm going Soul Choice, another Gay Waterhouse bot trained with Timmy Clark on board. Um, I think it'll be a good run here. Thirteen dollars and three dollars ten for a place. Going with a bit of bit of value here in this one. Um, I think it'll be a good one here. It's raced its last three down in um in Tasmania, but um it's it started each time at a dollar twenty four, a dollar fifty. So coming back up to the Sydney racing will be a bit different, but um I think it'll be a pretty good chance here. Timmy Clark on board, thirteen and three dollars ten. Steer it the right way, mate. Yeah, fair enough, mate. Um, yeah, great race this is. It is every year. I believe last year won by Fangirl. Uh, a couple of years before that, this was uh, 
very elegant race before she went on to do great, great things. So it's a great form race going forward. The winner of this is usually in for big things. Uh, Prowrest, I'm really, really wary of this uh, New Zealand Raider here, but I just don't know anything about it. I, you know, I've I've heard of the Imperatrices and the um, Campionesses. I know what they can do. The Sharp and Smarts definitely know what he can do, but I've yet to actually hear anything about this horse. You know, I've read everything about it, but like until this week, didn't hear a single thing about it. So I'm going to go with a horse that I do know something about, and that is Pavitra, was second in the Oaks last year behind She's Extreme. I really love that form. Uh, then last start, absolutely smashed them at Kembla over the mile, four length defeat to the rest of them, controlled the race, bolted in, really strong through the line. I think, you know, we know that she can stay this distance, some of whom we don't actually know if they can go all the way here out to the 2,000 metres. So there's no question marks around the distance, no question marks around the form. I think Pavitra, really, really hard to beat here. So that's going to be my tip for the Vinery Stud. Very, very nice. We're getting to the Tankard States. I'm really, really keen to hear what you have to say here, mate. You've got Gold Trip as your favourite. You've got Knight's Order, Down to Clare, past um, Melbourne Cup winner, Stockman, Arfeo, Explosive Jack, Salino, Sir Lucan, Cleveland, Kling Frankel, uh, Sacra Knight, Montefilia, and Tappy's Ladder. Who do you have and why? Gee, look, looking at this field, uh, there's been a lot of complaints about the strength of it, but I see nothing wrong with it. You've got Montefilia, who is always there about, still Gibbons, friend of the show, real hot chance to be winning his first Group 1. Um, he was close last week, well, not super close, as he trailed uh, five lengths behind Dubai Honor. But, you know, the week back up has worked wonders for this horse previously. Uh, will stay the distance. Loves Rose Hill as a track. Can handle all conditions as well. So good luck to deal. I won't be on, but I uh, would love to see him win. Uh, King Frankel, horse that I've always been a fan of. And I promised myself I'd follow it everywhere it goes. So I'll be really mad if it um, gets up here. But I just don't think it's a horse that's really um, suited to wait for age. So for him to be carrying 59 kilos... Um, and have Montefilia carrying two kilos, who is already a Group 1 winner, I think that completely takes him out of the race here compared to, um, you know, he's up here with all of these Group 1 proven horses, you know, your Knight's Orders, your Gold Trip, your Vow and Declare. He's carrying the same weight as the Melbourne Cup winner. So compared to him in the Sydney Cup, he'll carry 50 kilos there. A completely different race there for a handicap. So I just think he'll be weighted out of the race here, King Frankel. But now that I've said that, watch him get up. Uh, Gold Trip and Vow and Declare, of course, the uh, the Melbourne Cup horses. Clearly, they're going to get the distance. Clearly, they love the condition. So they're big watchers coming into the yard. If they're switched on, ready to go, they could honestly gap this field. Same with Knight's Order. He could absolutely grab that front five-metre rail. He could lead the whole way. But I'm with Cleveland, the international raider. Super, super horse. Um, with all the things coming out about him, uh, has you know raced with the best in um, in Europe. Uh, he can get it done in the wet, can get it done on the good tracks. So no matter what gets dished up on um, Saturday, he'll be there. Uh, you know, Karen McAvoy has been off his game lately, but he's got a really good chance here to um, get another Group One under his belt. $7 to win, $2.45 each way to place. I've had a talk to a couple of the people that work out at the tracks, and when they said Cleveland came into that quarantine at Canterbury, just a big, big animal, really beautiful horse, really up on his toes. 
I was told he was probably one of the better internationals coming in up there with the Dubai honours. So I'm really keen to see how he goes. I'm going with the international here, Cleveland, in the tankard. Very nice, mate. I'm going to go with Montefilia. Going for Dill Gibbons' first group one here. $5 and $2 for a place. Um, really good last start behind Dubai Honor. Um, and then the start behind Animo as well down there. So, yeah, looking pretty good. Should be peaking for this one. Um, hopefully good with the one-week backup. I hope it's really good. And I'm very excited for Montefilia. Yeah, 100%. Uh, so, good luck, Dill. We uh, wish you the best. Um, and, you know, if he wins, we can say we've interviewed a group one winning apprentice as he was the first ever uh, guest on Off The Track. Go listen to that episode if you haven't already. Um, so we move on, mate, to uh, Around the Grounds. Have you found anything around the country? Uh, yeah, I found a couple. We've got uh, race number four at Flemington. We have uh, the bopper, the favourite. It's my horse there that I like to like to back there. It's not actually my horse, sorry, punters. That came out a little bit wrong. And then, obviously, um, we've got the last race over in Flemington as well. I'm going with Stormbolt here. Uh, one last start in Packenham one and a half lengths and I like it again here at seven dollars and two dollars fifty for a place so yeah looking pretty nice for those two that's all I found how about you mate Flemington race four you've got Kalos at five dollars absolutely blitzed them last start uh love a horse that's coming off our gelding and he looks a new horse so hopefully continues that form here Solcom in race five this is D-Day for him he's absolutely done nothing his first two starts this prep but I think that's just because he's had no ground to really be running out to a distance that's much more comfortable for him now. Back to the Melbourne way of going. Gets to Flemington where he can really stretch out that straight. So $6 to win here to get the ballot exemption into the Melbourne Cup. Uh, race six, what you need. Uh, many people forget that this uh, horse was favourite for the Coolmore in the spring before he was uh, scratched. And then, you know, came out, absolutely smashed them first up here. So I think that form can continue and then he'll probably go with a showdown to last year's Coolmore winner in, in secret, potentially in the Arrowville, um, Arrowfield Stakes. Uh, and then up at Eagle Farm, Fast Coney in Kips Bay. The Quinella, I think, will get up there. Kips Bay paying about $3.20. Fast Coney paying $5. Two horses that have been very, very successful for us in the past. Nick, and they get a great chance to absolutely gap this field if they bring their best form. So that's all for me around the ground. Fair enough, mate. Um, we move into the quaddy. What do we have? We have race seven. We've got... Vitra, Prowess, Fireburn, and Soul Choice. Uh, race 8, we've got Cleveland, Montefilia, Knights Order, and Gold Trip. Who are we have in the last two, mate? Race 9, we've got Cross Talk, Waterford, Riadini, and Band of Snatch. And then in the last, Ita, Fine Point, Maotai, and Solar Apex. $50, as always, gets you 19.5%. We're getting very close to those quarties. You know, as usual, with the one lead losses last week would have been awesome, but uh, we didn't have Shinzo. But um, we move on, mate. Best bets. You could have one bet around the country, win, place, vanilla, whatever. One bet around the country. Who would you have and why? I'm going to go Waterford for a place here, I think. If he doesn't win, he'll be in the top three. He'll be thereabouts. Um, so I'm not too sure that's paying. I'll have to get a backup punters. But it's around the $2 mark. So that'll be my best bet for the weekend. Uh, I believe Waterford to place is uh, paying $2.60. Very nice. So that'll be my uh, best bet. My best bet has to be Pavitra. Really, really keen here in the Viring Stud. Um, I think the New Zealand horse, like I said, could be a false favourite. Pavitra in red-hot form has form around all the best staying horses uh, for the girls at this age. You know, of course, 
second in the Oaks speaks for itself behind She's Extreme. I think She's Extreme, if she was here and not injured, would be starting favourite for this race. Um, and coming off that four-length victory where she was super strong through the line at Kembla Grange really stands out to me. So Pavitra is my best bet around the country come Saturday. Very nice. Um, we'll sign off then, punters. Um, thanks for giving us a listen. Give us a follow if you're on SoundCloud or Spotify. Subscribe if you're on Apple, Google, Amazon Podcasts. And above all else, tell others about us. Grow our podcast as much as we can. Sorry we can't bring you any video this week um, just because, obviously, Cashy is over in Queensland. But um, we'll be back next week and we'll get all of our socials up and running. Um, keep on track of our double for all of our tips and also our AFL and NRL multis over the weekend. Um, thank you again, guys. Cash, do you have anything you want to say? Uh, apart from gamble responsibly on the weekend because next week we are straight into the championships and it's two straight weeks of non-stop uh, top-tier quality racing. So prepare yourselves for that, punters. 100%. All right, lads. Have a good one. Take care. Crone's getting a split. Mizzy in front of the 100. Crone goes up the inside and Crone's...